Thanks for tuning in. For the month of October, we will reprise some of my favorite episodes. Nobody's telling them, but you have to pay attention to what's going on in your mind. And so what we really strive to do in that first section of the book was have people like start here, just like look into this, like go deep, dive deep into your soul, your body, your mind, your gut in a way I think a lot of us don't do often enough. Hola, hello, bienvenido, and welcome to the Clear Birth Podcast. This is your host, Annette Perel. Today, we are going to interview Natalia Hales and Ash Spivak, the authors of Why Did No One Tell Me This? The Doula's Honest Guide for Expectant Parents. Natalia is a birth doula, lactation specialist, and reproductive health advocate. She worked with hundreds of families, supporting them through pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and beyond. Originally from Columbia, she spent 15 years in New York City and recently moved to Richmond, Virginia with her husband and young daughter. Ash is an internationally certified birth doula, doula trainer, and co-founder of All Bodies, a digital platform for future forward classes to learn about your body. Through her private practice in New York City, she has served hundreds of families. Previously, Ash worked as a consultant for Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein's renowned Bob Films and was the first hire for Clean Plates, an omnimedia company about clean eating where she helped launch their guidebook, cookbook, mobile app and website. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much. We're so happy to be here. Oh, this is wonderful. Um, We'll dive into the book in a little bit, but I just wanted to start with asking a few questions. And the first question is, what career did you wanted to do when you were in grade school, high school and college? Love that question. Well, when I was in grade school, I don't think I You know, I wanted to be, maybe there was a period where I wanted to be an actress, but really I spent a lot of time writing books. So (laughs) I would write books, I would staple them together, make me about the author, and then put a dollar sign on top of the book. book. (laughs) You knew your value early. Like, there is value in this. So that's what I spent a lot of my childhood doing. Uh, And then I went through a period in high school where... I don't know. I sort of felt I was like in a, you know, the Great Depression of 18 years old and had no, felt really stuck from where I grew up. And so didn't really have an understanding of what my options were and uh, transitioned into into college, really having this idea of wanting to figure out what made me happy versus having like a career and feeling like just feeling uh, content felt enough. So I wasn't sure. I was very lost for a very long time. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> Which sounds all relative and normal. And Natalia? I actually wanted to be a doctor when I was like little and I would say like middle school, not quite high school, but like, you know, I don't know, 10, 12. Um, I wanted to be a doctor and mm-hmm. I have no idea what happened. At some point I was like, no, that's not for me. And then in high school, I actually wanted to be a photographer. Mm. And I was actually going to move to New York right after high school to study photography at FIT. I applied and sent a portfolio. I had, I was in, everything was ready. And I had a boyfriend in Colombia. 
and I decided to stay. Oh. I didn't. I don't know she's working. <laughs> I've never heard this before. I never said, I never told my dad, which he was in New York. He was the one that was like, telling me home. and I never told him it was because of my boyfriend, but now I can say it because who cares? But I ended up just studying literature in Colombia and I'm like, no regrets because I had the best time of my life. Um, and so when I was in college, I wanted to be a journalist. And so I did oh. end up in New York right after college. And I wanted to see journalism in Colombia, which I never ended up doing. Ended up doing, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like like most of us, right? I can I can I can totally attest to when I was little, I wanted to be a, a doctor, and then I wanted to be the person at one point who typed in the end credits of movies ah, because I one. I used to yeah I used to write all of the the people's names like I loved writing but didn't know what that career was and I was like I want to do that that was like part of it so I, all over the place as well and I was like is that is that a thing like whose job is that and I don't know why I just knew that I liked writing and I wanted to do that so definitely definitely that so um before doing this work as as Jula's, what what were you doing before that? Like, what work were you doing? What jobs did you have? Ashley, you want to start? Uh, sure. I worked in the service industry for mm -hmm. uh, uh, for a handful of years while being in nutrition school, and so I was working. So, as in the service industry, as I was studying, um, and then started working with clients as a holistic health coach while also working for a startup within the clean eating media space called Clean Plates, where we assessed different restaurants and how clean they were based on the ingredients they were using, where they were sourcing from. And I, I dabbled in, um, in directing. So actually, I forgot this. This was true. When I first graduated college, there was a period of time where I wanted to be a starving artist, like I, not just an artist, like a starving artist that lived in a loft in the East Village. Like from a camp. I was naked all the time. I had studied. So I had studied something called Suzuki and viewpoints, which is still like my fundamentals for everything mm -hmm. in life, which is composition work. And so I want, I was doing physical theater while I was also in school and also uh, waiting tables. So oh. I forgot about that, that stage. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like every 80s, 90 movie, living <laughs> in a loft, East Village, like it, totally New York. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Except for the fact that I got there and was like in, you know, my tiny nothing apartment in the East Village and was like, I can't do this. This isn't for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I need my own room. I actually need a room. Like, yes, exactly. This is not conducive to how you live in the city. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And Natalia? I so when I first moved to New York, I actually worked in a chocolate shop. Uh and it's this I think it's still there, this uh small place in Soho called Keys Chocolates, the best chocolate in the city if you're ever on Spring Street. Um, I recommend it. I mean, it's like $4 for like a ball of chocolate, but it's like the best. And I learned, it was really fun because I learned to like make all the ganache and the chocolates and stuff. And I was there for like maybe like a few, like six months or so. And then I, I started working doing translation work. I went to Hunter, actually Hunter College mm -hmm. and did studies in translation um, and interpretation. And so then I started freelancing doing that. 
and I had like a weird job in Jersey at some company doing some in-house translation for them. And then I got like a job in the city for this translation company. And I was there for like five or six years, actually. Oh, wow. Like a bunch of different jobs within the company, including everything like translation, project management, sales, account management. Um, ended up like the last thing I did was working with technology. Um, so it was like fun because I just kind of kept like growing. Learning, exactly. Did, did know that it was just not my thing. Uh-huh. So the whole time I was just kind of searching for what I wanted to do, which eventually led me to nutrition too. And I studied nutrition while I was working there. And then um, that led to the doula work too. So it was nutrition, because that's my next question. It's like, what led you to doula work? So it was nutrition. What about nutrition made you start thinking about pregnant people? Yeah, you know, it's funny because Ash and I, I mean, we've, We've told this story to each other a million times through the years, but we have like similar stories in the sense that we both studied nutrition and started we went to the same school thing. too. We went oh, really? We didn't know each other, but oh, yeah. fascinating! Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when I started doing that, I quickly realized I wanted to work with women. And that was kind of like the thing in my head that I was like, okay, this is I don't know anything, but this is what I do know. Um, and then eventually one day I decided to quit my job and I was like, I'm just going to kind of like quit and like figure this out and not be here because I just felt like I couldn't move forward having to be in that nine to five job every yes. day. And so that really kind of gave me the push to be like, okay, figure this out. And I had, you know, finished kind of like the nutrition program and I was kind of like setting myself up to be like, okay, how am I going to find clients and like do this for real? And then I met some friends and we went into this kind of like retreat in the Catskills. And there was a girl there that was about to do a doula training um, in the city like a couple weeks after um, that retreat. And we started talking about it, and I had already kind of, like, looked into it a little bit. And as soon as she said, oh, I'm doing this little training, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do it with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I did. And I did the training with Deborah Pascali, a birthday presence in Seoul. That's who I took my training with as well. And, you know, like, Deborah, like, after being yes. with Deborah, you're, like, in love. I in love with birth. I want to have. I I remember. I went home and I told my boyfriend at the time, I want to. I want to have eight babies and I want to have them all in the living room and you know like in the caftan. And he was like, Yeah, no. <laughs> Deborah gets you in that flowy, lovey mood where it's just like this is incredible, and you're like, Yes, yeah. yes. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's basically, and, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Then after, how about this is what I'm doing forever. This is my yeah. calling. This is it. And I mean and and then yeah, pretty pretty soon after I started doing it. I um like there are a few a couple friends that were pregnant at a time, so I ended up like going to their birds, which was very special because those were my first couple birds. And then I joined the collective and you know, that's when I that's met all of you. <laughs> yes. And Ash, how about you? I um so I was 
fascinated by what I was learning in nutrition school, mostly from the biology physiology perspective and just what I realized that actually having that education about how my body worked was what was making the biggest impact in lifestyle changes in my life and realized that like that was what I wanted to get across with the clients that I was working with and found that it was really hard to figure out how to like get them to dig into something more than like I have a wedding coming up so I want to lose weight or x y or z which you know nothing wrong with that but they're they're not like deeper sustainable changes And so I thought, well, pregnancy is an interesting time where people are, you know, have uh, a motive outside of just themselves. And nine months, 10 months is like a really nice incubation period, gestational period for lifestyle changes uh, as well. And so that's what got me first interested in it is using that as a hook. Uh, to work with people more deeply. And then the more that I start, I realized it was like, oh my God, I know nothing about childbirth. And also as someone who like likely will have children at some point, it's kind of fucked up. I don't know anything about childbirth. And no one told me this before. Hence, Mm -hmm. why did no one tell me? Um, So I decided to do a childbirth education certification, thinking that I was going to shift my nutrition practice just to focus prenatally, going into it being like, you know, one of my best friends who's now a midwife was a doula at the time. And so I knew what a doula was and was sort of like, nah, that's, that's not really for me. Like, I'm here, I'm like really, yeah, I'm like, I love the education, like that's the part. And as I was going through that, that training, I was going through my own like personal journey of moving through a lot of stuff and really just had uh-huh. like, those moments of like, oh my gosh, I am, I am going to be a doula and started learning <laughs> what was like happening in our hospital systems and really just wanting to, to dig in there. Mm-hmm. And so oh, that I felt great. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, had, I like had that like epiphany that and left my job. I applied to the collective. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I get in, I'm leaving my job. And I got in I, yep. and then <laughs> left my job like immediately. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. Yeah. Full disclosure. We met at the collective and that's how I know these wonderful women. Right. And um, at- more disclosure that I've said, we've told you this before, but I'm going to say it again. Ben and Nat was both of our mentors. And yes. the only reason why, I mean, I still go into interviews, like shaking in my boots, but in my uh-huh. mind, I'd be like, my mantra was like, I have net. I have net. <laughs> I'm not to any birds. I've never had kids. Nat's been to so many birds. She's like a genius that way. So I just put shoes in my pocket. So it's all good. Yes, I exactly. Even, and at first, exactly. too, I'd be like, yes. I have net. Um, yes. Yeah. I only got oh. you. <laughs> oh, thank you. That that's the one thing that I was always like, listen, that's gonna be the key. Having mentorship and having someone that you can be like, What is this? I've never heard this. You know, your clients feel more secure. When I first started, it was I went on interviews and it was just like hit or miss. Yeah. And Having known, like having a mentor to be like, I got this. I have someone that made that builds confidence in your clients to be like, okay, I like her. And she has someone else that she can confer to. So that was, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. I have to say, without a doubt, like, I love this book. Oh, thank you. I mean, so much coming from you, truly. I we were so nervous I, for you to get it. We were like, oh, my God. What is no, no, I, mean, I mean, just everything from the graphics, the style, just the, the ease at which you can read it. It just I was like, yes, 
this would be something that Ash and Natalia would do because it just it's so you and I could see the both of you in this book that it's it, I was just like oh my goodness and the conversation it's like I was having a conversation with the both of you when I was reading this book and I was just like this is incredible because not only easy reading because we know most people will pick up a book at seven months of pregnancy and then try to figure it all out in three months right mm -hmm. and then be like oh my god but this speaks to the beginning the middle the end it just speaks to every aspect of birth and also in a way that i think that people can can process the information like there are other books out there which i will not name that are just too fear-based right and that and this is so different in the sense that it's like, it's more empowering. It's like, hey, some crazy shit's going to happen. <laughs> what? Guess what? You could do it. Like, you know, with that little edge. And I was just like, yes, this is what's been missing, I feel, from the conversation all along, like a book like this. Because we know there are thousands of books out there. And it's it's the few that we recommend to our clients. So I, I mean, great job, ladies. I, I have to say this is incredible. We'll get into the book. But I just have a question before that. Like, what advice do you wish you received before you started writing this book? Uh, this is silly, but I would say don't quit coffee because I quit coffee years ago and I can't drink it anymore because it makes me crazy. But I wrote the book at night. I mean, I only worked at night because that's when my, my daughter Maya is asleep, you know, usually, mostly, not always. But <laughs> but so I always worked at night after, you know, just being awake all day. So I was pretty tired and with no coffee, that's, that was hard to do. <laughs> imagine oh ash um mine would be that just to get like you know to build in some time to step away from the pages and then come back to it um yeah. we got really tight towards the end in terms of deadlines and uh of course you know as everyone says every time you read it you can like pick out the million things that you want to change etc but at some point you do have to just yeah. let it go but i will say there is something to building in time to however you're scheduling uh, when things are due to have to give yourself time to really just not look at it for a week and then come back and and read it again because um, you definitely miss things and our editor probably wanted to kill us when after it was like about to go to print I was like we need to redo these pages please let us redo these pages <laughs> true story oh my gosh I mean and Natalia I mean when Natalia probably wanted to kill me hundred million times for similar reasons, but <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, how was it working together writing this book? Like, <laughs> well, you know, we have been working together for so many years that we know each other so well, and we had done so many things before this, or that got us to this place together. So there were definitely challenging times because you know we're both writing, and then the other one rewrites the whole thing, and then the other one wants to rewrite it, and we did that like a million times since there. It was exhausting sometimes, but I would say that overall it was so easy and I felt that mostly we were on the same page the whole time. And I think because we just know each other so well and we could just tell each other, like, you're driving me crazy, like, <laughs> like stop editing or whatever it is. And we could just mess with each other. And so it was. It was, it was pretty easy. But so. 
What my, one of the other things while while I'm reading this book because there's so much in here, and great like I'm curious as to what got left out because I don't think that I don't think that there's any part of this book where I would go oh you know it needs a chapter on I, I can't think of anything that is missing to hear <laughs> yeah were there was there a lot that was left out or taken out or um. I'd say one of the, the bigger things that would have been nice would be if we could have had some more illustrations to demonstrate okay. some of the things. Okay. Uh, we worked with a beautiful illustrator who was yes. very kind the and illustrations patient are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we could not afford to have her do like every page as we would yeah. have liked. So I think having a couple more illustrations to demonstrate some of the anatomy may have been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the first thing that that comes to mind. I mean, that yeah, that comes to mind first. Obviously, like, you know, you could do a whole bit on, more on like periods or a whole bit more on the history of reproductive health in America. Yes. Uh, but then it comes down to like, are those meant to be their own books and in yes. something for birth, what is useful and what is not? And yeah. how much can you go into given X number of pages? So, yeah, I did find that particular history fascinating when you put it in there about midwives and that whole section and I was just like it's something that I feel that you know when you're a doula you read all of the books you know all of this but when you're talking to clients they have no understanding of the history of how birth happened before and how birth ended up in the hospital so even though it wasn't a big section in the book I think it's just the right amount of information for people to start going, hmm, you know, I want to look into that a little bit more and find the history. I I mean, I love the part where you talked about the midwives, the rural midwives here, and then the midwives who were getting trained. You know, it's something that I think there's so much stigma and and around midwifery now Mm -hmm that it kind of helps demystify it because people are often like, Oh no, no, for not for my first, but you're like, you know, not for my first, but for my second. And we're always as doulas going, wait, wait, wait. So you want to have a bad experience or, or experience that may not be ideal when you can just speak with a home birth midwife or they have this thought of, Oh, a home birth midwife that, what does she, what does she do? Like, like she, they, they think that she just shows up with her hands and that's it. Like not understanding the training. So I love that part of, of the book as well. And I also love the, um, the way that you framed like how your body works and the part where you said that every time you have a period, you're practicing pregnancy, mm-hmm. your, your body is practicing. And that, shifted for me how to explain this to people right because the biggest thing is the fear and that was just that was that was incredible I I love that philosophy and I love the work that you have people do to think about how their birth would look with you know their friends and then how really does that change now that you're pregnant because of course we think before you're like oh there's going to be this person that person and this person and then you get pregnant realize well that they're not really supportive in that area so I love the little exercises that you put in to have people kind of evaluate how who's on their team and even with their doctors of just thinking well does my doctor really support this because I don't I think as you know as doulas we know that a lot of times 
their clients don't find out until it's too late mm-hmm. that their doctors don't support certain things. Mm-hmm. So I think having this in the beginning really gets people thinking about it a lot sooner than they would. And so, I mean, there's just so I can go on and on about so many things in this book that I just found fascinating, even from the start. It was just like, mm-hmm. here, we're going to set the tone. You know, it's like it's almost like the girlfriend that you wish you had in high school that could say, hey, let me tell you some things about your body that you never knew. Mm-hmm. And so what is for you, for the both of you, like what was your favorite part of the book? Like what? The, your favorite section that you put in? Um, I would say, I mean, the the biggest, um, I mean, all of it I love and I feel like all of it was is very important and was very important for me as we wrote it. But I think like the first section of the book I was very special to me and I think to us because we had that dual practice in New York together for so long. And a lot of kind of like the reasons why we wrote this book, like come from that experiences, those experiences that we shared working as well as together with so many families. And the biggest thing that we kept going back to at the time was like, there is like a big component missing in this whole preparation that people are going through to have this experience. And it's the mindset. Like no, nobody's telling them that like, you have to pay attention to what's going in your mind yes. and that connection to your mind and your body and all that, that we tend to like ignore and forget. And so what we really strive to do in that first section of the book was like have people like start here, just like look into this, like go deep, dive deep into your soul, your body, your mind, your gut. And just like, as you said, like, we just, you know, have those exercises as an invitation for people to really, like, explore themselves in a way that I think a lot of us don't do often enough. Yeah, yeah, I agree. How about you, Ash? Well, first, thank you for for, um, everything you said about the book. Again, it just really means so much coming from you. So thank you. Um, Man. Which part? Well, this one wasn't necessarily like fun to write, but the history section was definitely like the the part that uh, I spent the most time on and was the page that I was like, we have to redo it right before that it was okay. written. And that like, I would like to expand upon a lot more. Um, so that's definitely part of it. And then mm-hmm. the other is I'd say either finding like thinking through like the illustrations to match Mm -hmm. the concepts Mm -hmm. we were talking about and how to make them like less anatomical and more fun and uh, approachable. And I guess same goes with some of like the headers and the language I have. um, I'm very cheesy and I like me a lot of puns and a lot of them got to me too. (laughs) Me too. Oh, Oh no. Yeah. Our editor was like, no, no, no. Oh, I would have looked well. There's always part two. (laughs) I have to say, too, that one of the the other sections in the book that I thought was just a great, thoughtful addition is um, you had Morgan David, Morgan Richardson. I was about to say something else. Um, Morgan Richardson write a section of the book for the LGBTQIA community. And like explain why that was important to put in. 
Yeah, I think, you know, for us... And she, we, just to add, she wrote it with her wife, Alexandra, as well. Yes, Alexandra, sorry. Yes, that's right. They did write, <laughs> write it together, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always important for us to write a book that um, was or is inclusive and that spoke to, as much as we could, everybody, uh, including, you know, everybody in the spectrum of, like, queerness. Yeah. Um, and we know that there's so many specific challenges for that community uh, when it comes to reproductive health. And so, and we know, you know, Morgan and Alexandra work with specifically with that community and mm-hmm. um, have been through the experience themselves of like pregnancy and having a baby. And uh, we just wanted to kind of like bring someone like them to kind of share some of those things that Ash and I maybe don't have firsthand experience with yes. and um, have that invitation and understanding um, as part of the book too. I loves it when I I started reading it I was like didn't know and I and when I got to the page and I saw I was like of course yeah (laughs) this makes sense right to have this in here but the questions that they came up with and that they answered are things that you know as cisgendered heterosexual people that we often complain about but not think about when it's LGBTQIA and how invasive and intrusive Mm -hmm. that those comments are, because, you know, everyone's always in, in a woman's uterus as to begin with, when are you going to have a child or or don't have one too early or all of the, all of that. And then when you are pregnant, like, when are you having another one? It's just like all of these questions, but for them to put those questions in there, I, I, I love the fact that it will get people to realize that, that's none of your business. Yeah. And it is, unless these are your friends, you don't ask strangers these questions about how they did it, the ways they did it, how long it took them, how much it cost them. It's just something to get people really aware that these are people. This is not a zoo. This is not something that you're like fascinated. You're the first queer person I can ask you. No, you cannot. No, you should not. And, and even often when I tell women about birth stories, and when people are, are telling them birth stories and them telling them negative birth stories, like I often tell them, tell them, no, like you don't want to hear a negative birth story. And this just puts the light for more people to go, I have to pause and not ask these questions. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's not okay to do. This is a community that, you know, is being so discriminated against and that needs support. And I think that when people read this, that they will have a lot more allies Mm-hmm. In that respect of mm-hmm. saying, yeah, that that's just not okay to ask. And, and re- it puts people on the front street really to go, yeah, I, I shouldn't do that to them mm-hmm. at all. So that, that was, that was great. I loved seeing that in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did kind of hint a little bit, uh, will there be a part two? <laughs> well, I we hope, we hope, we hope it, there will be, um, you know, we're actually we we're just talking about it last night. We're we're thinking about like what R two looks like, um, but there's nothing you know concrete right now. But yeah, hopefully there will be. Yeah. Well, I just have to say again, like, bravo, ladies. This, mm-hmm. this, this book 
like really knocked it out of the park. I have to say that I will definitely be putting this on my website and definitely be telling people as soon as they're pregnant, they need to pick up this book because there is so much that people don't know about their bodies and even learn throughout, don't learn throughout the process, right? And it's like when we talk about, you know, your cervix thinning and effacing and they're like, what? You know, so having that kind of information in there that talks about not just the the hormonal changes, but just like your relationship changes and how that's okay and how you should tune in to yourself and tune in to your partner, I think is, like I said, I, I can't say it enough that this is what's missing out there in literature right now. And you ladies did an awesome job with this book. Really, you should be proud. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Thank you for help showing us the way. Yeah. That's giving me way too much credit. No, it's not. What I said before is so absolutely true. So, yeah. Plus, also, like, you are the reason why we started working together because we were both committees and we went to a meeting at your house and then for coffee and that's right went for coffee right after being in in at your house and we just connected and became friends and started working together so thank you (laughs) okay i'll take that (laughs) take it it off yes yes i'm feeling the love right now feeling so much love thank you so much um this next section is what I like to call just daily inspiration. I I don't know if you ladies follow me or see me on Instagram, but I'm always writing an inspirational quote to help get me through the day. And so in this section, I like to ask the both of you, like, what book, film, show or podcast that is inspiring you right now? Mm. Um. I've been listening to Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel. <laughs> and yes, I, I recently discovered Esther Perel. Yeah. Same last name. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's just such an interesting, I really like um, how she w- helps uh, couples communicate. And just from listening to it, I feel like I'm, I'm learning to communicate better with my partner. Yeah. Um, and so I've been just kind of like obsessively listening to it. Roger's like, it's kind of depressing. I'm like, no, 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 it's stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny when something hits you and you're just like, I'm going to listen to all of the episodes yeah. <laughs> and get it all in. It, and I do like her, her podcast too, because like you said, it does teach you how to communicate, but it also teaches you like, what's your trigger? Right. right. Like, what is that trigger that's getting you? And then you start thinking about it and you're like, oh, yeah. So when I was five, you're just like, oh, totally. Yes. totally. It's yeah. like you're going to therapy, but you're yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, you're not. It, therapy for free, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Ash? Um, well, I've been reading two books right now. One is Holistic Anatomy by Ben Walker, but it's actually a very digestible, fun book. And okay. it was one of my favorites when I was in nutrition school. And I recently found it again and decided to read it. And I highly recommend it. Um, mm. Fascinating. And then the other is Dr. Jill Blakeway from the Unova Center in New York. Uh, just came out with a new book. I guess not just anymore. It was a bunch of months ago. But this year came out with a new book called Energy Medicine. And it's awesome. I highly recommend it. And she really uh, parses through 
what what is energy medicine or understanding of it from a Western perspective um, and does work with different energy masters, if you will, in different parts of the world and brings their perspective into the conversation. So it's really fascinating to think about. And I love what she says. She says something about like how now, you know, that, you know, however many years ago you talk about like the mind body connection or, you know, the brain gut connection or any of those things. And people would have laughed, you know, stopped, you know laughed, exactly. you, laughed at you yeah. like, you know, no way. No, no, no. And that like is energy going energy fields, et cetera, going to be the next one of those where, you know, yeah. all of a sudden and however many years people are like, oh, yeah, duh, like, you know. So yeah. interesting perspective. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that out. That sounds really fascinating. And then the other question is like, what is there a quote that you that inspires you that you read often or one that just comes to you in times that you're stressed or that helps you through your day? Um, I don't have a specific quote, but I more so pause and try and close my eyes and breathe and then recount things that I feel grateful for. Um, and like open up my palms and then, yeah, just really take the time to turn, like to try and, and turn the conversation around to like, okay, here's what's in front of me. Here's what I have. And I do that on repeat. That's a newer practice, but it's been really helpful. actually. Yes. I can see how that is, especially now, right? Because our minds tend to go off on all of the other possibilities. So taking that moment just to sit and be still and opening your palms to receive what's coming and also giving. So yeah, that's great. How about you, Natalia? This is, it's not a quote either, but it's something I do with Maya, with my daughter. And I actually recently shared about it on Instagram. And it's this little kind of mantra that we say together and I turn it into a song. But it's um, basically, I'm safe, I'm calm, I am loved, I'm okay. And we just kind of fingers and sing the little song together. I do it when she's having a tantrum or when I'm having a tantrum. (laughs) (laughs) really works like it makes us both feel much better so that's kind of on repeat in my house all day long (laughs) that's great that you turned it into a little song for her that is wonderful oh thank you so much for sharing that now my other section that i love the most because you know as doulas we love to hear birth stories and i would love to hear your birth story natalia if you're willing to share with us yeah yeah this is actually kind of the first time i'm talking about my birth like this but um yeah i had a home birth um in okay. Berlin. um mm-hmm. ash was my doula and um, so Ash was there, my husband Roger was there, and my midwife Tanya Wills was there, and she had an assistant, Jennifer, who we also met through the collective. Collective, um, yes. And that was just a coincidence that she was the one, she was the assistant that was the one on call that mm-hmm. night. But I am very happy with who the team ended up being because I just knew everybody so well and I felt so safe. Um, It took about 24 hours almost to kind of time from start to end. Um, It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I um, kind of labored through the night on my own and, you know, after kind of having the transition contractions, the early contractions definitely 
like looking back, I know there was nothing, but it was still hard to kind of like mm -hmm. be on my own through the night. I didn't wake up Roger because I just didn't feel like I needed him. And um, I just kind of, you know, as well as we always tell people, try to sleep, try to rest. Yes. And so that's what I try to do. I couldn't really do any of like sleep at all, but I just try to kind of keep myself resting as much as I could. And then about like four or five in the morning, I just like yelled and called Roger <laughs> from the living room and he like woke up like all confused. And I said, okay, I need you just stay by me. And then maybe around one o'clock I called you, Ash, or Roger called you, um, and we also called Tanya, and I was, at that point, I, I knew I still had, like, a long way to go, but I just wanted mm -hmm. them there, because I just yeah. felt like I needed to feel safer, and I really wanted to get in that pool, and I, for some reason, <laughs> I thought I needed to have permission to do that, you know? And so then, yeah, they got there and um, I labored in the water for a long time, which was wonderful and really hard too. And, um, you know, as a doula, I feel so lucky that I knew everything I knew before, but I was definitely in my head with something. Yes. So there were something mm -hmm. that kind of like stuck in my head that I kept waiting Um for them to happen, uh, like I, I was waiting to see blood as a sign yes. of okay, labor is progressing, mm -hmm. waiting, and I never did. So that was definitely kind of like in my head of like, oh my gosh, like I'm stuck, like nothing's yes. ever gonna happen. I'm there, I have this baby, I'm gonna have to go to the hospital. And then there was definitely a moment where I was like, okay, I'm done, like I'm losing it, like I cannot just do this anymore. I don't think I. I couldn't really say any of these things, but they were all kind yes. of going through and my in head. Your head. But I was lucky that Ash was there and she knows me so well. And she was like, hey, like, she, I think she, you could tell that I was just kind of like not like doing well. And she told me something that I had said to her at some point for whatever reason. She told me, remember what you told me? And I was like, no, like, what? <laughs> like you told me remember you're not gonna die <laughs> and that really kind of changed everything for me like I was like okay I can do this and then she put in this playlist yeah. that I had that was very kind of like um ceremonial music and that really uh -huh. kind of allowed me to let go and um just kind of really dive in and not be afraid and then eventually I just asked Tanya, I said, like, okay, what are we doing? Because she, she was there, but she, you know, never checked me or anything until, uh -huh. like, I need to know what's going on because it's been too long. I can't, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. And so she was, like, you know, very tiny, like, okay, if you want, I'll check you, whatever, you know, it's fine. Yes. And she checked me, and she was, like, okay, you're, you know, pretty much, like, fully dilated. Um, so now just keep doing what you're doing. Like, wait. And I was like, okay, great. Like, I mean, I was in so much pain that I was like, but I was like, okay, something's happening. Like, I'm yes. actually gonna have a baby. And then I pushed for a really long time. Like, it felt like it was five hours. I don't think it was five hours. Maybe it was three. Mm -hmm. Ash? Yeah, it was on yeah. the longer side. It was long. Yeah. It was really, really long. Um, and yeah, eventually, Tanya had me get out of the pool. She said, it's going to be easier if you get out of the pool. And I was like, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> and so I ended up uh, pushing on the couch for a long time, too. Um, 
and then yeah Maya was born like a 10 at night mm-hmm. um, and it was you know of course amazing when she came out and the pain was gone and I knew she was just here and safe we didn't know she was a girl so it was very special when Roger said it's a girl we actually thought she was gonna be a boy uh-huh and so Roger said so it's a girl and I was like oh my gosh what it's a girl <laughs> um and yeah it was wonderful to just be able to do it at home and to you know go from the couch to my bed Ash maybe the best smoothie I've ever had in my life <laughs> There goes that nutrition. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, everybody kind of left around one, I think, in the morning. And Roger fell asleep and I just stayed in bed in awe of what had happened. Like, resting and just looking at my... And I was so tired, but I could not sleep because I was so... Of course, yeah. The hormones, right? Like, it's true. Yes. And I was like, how, why is, what's happening? Like, uh, you know, I just couldn't believe how amazing it all had been. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. So Ash, how was it to support your best friend through this? Oh my God. I was so nervous. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. What if I'm a terrible doula? What if I, what if I, you know, that I was like, maybe she should have someone else do it just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it was, I mean, the most special birth. I, I don't, I don't have children. So it remains the most special birth that I've ever been to. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's a freaking badass. <laughs> Nothing beat her for a long time. That, all that pushing. That yeah. Um, she did. I was very, very, uh, very proud and had zero doubts at any point in time that she wasn't going to do it. Like that I went in knowing like <laughs> this will happen, like no problem. She's going to be, that I actually really felt that. Yeah. Kind. So yeah. Oh, well, thank you fun. ladies so much for sharing your time and your stories with me. Uh, again, I cannot wait for people to hear about this book and to get the information out there. It it is incredible. It really is. I, I I'm so proud of you ladies and this is Thank just you. an incredible read. Congratulations Thank again. Thanks. You're welcome Thanks for having us and for of everything you've done for us for the years. We really appreciate Aww. it. Thank you. <laughs> This was a full circle moment for me. Natalia and Ashley were my mentees many moons ago. These women's journey into doula work, partnership, and motherhood to writers is truly a testament to you never know where this doula journey is going to lead you. Their book, Why Did No One Tell Me This, is incredible and one that I recommend to all of my clients. There's a book that gets recommended and passed around that I don't like to mention and was also made into a movie. If you need another hint, it's a what to, you know the rest. In my opinion, that book should be used as a doorstop. It's very alarmist and unhelpful, but Why Did No One Tell Me This is a book your girlfriend would share as the only book you need for your journey into parenthood with a doula's insider view.
Thank you for listening. I would appreciate it if you would leave a review and rate the podcast five stars. It helps other people find the podcast. Please check the show notes for resources from this episode. I love to hear from you and will read your review on a future episode. If you have any questions or comments, you can also send me an email at clearbirthpodcast at gmail.com. Happy birthing! This podcast was edited and managed by Wordy Productions.